Food for Thought on News Talk 760 WJR is presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food secure state. Thanks for listening, everyone. Today we're talking about food banks serving in a crisis. Leading during a crisis, we'll be talking with Bill Kerr, the CEO and president of the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan, and Senator Jim Ananick, the Democratic Senate Minority Leader here in Michigan. Come back and be with us. Welcome back to Food for Thought, sponsored by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Once again, Dr. Phil Knight. Welcome, everyone. Jerry Brisson in the studio with me. Jerry, welcome back. Great to be here. It's great to have you. And on the phone with us is our uh, companion and cohort and partner uh, in this great mission of food security. He is the CEO and the president for the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan. He's William Kerr. Bill, welcome to Food for Thought. Well, thank you for inviting me, Phil. Hey, Bill, I really want us to just dive right into the deep end of the pool here and talk about how the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan has been so instrumental in serving throughout, from the beginning and even throughout right now, today, uh, during the Flint water crisis. And uh, I think you guys have been nationally recognized. You've been locally recognized. I know the state government has seen uh, that they wanted to partner with you exclusively on some projects. And so just kind of take us through that journey about how the food bank has served and developed and grown throughout the Flint water crisis. Well, Phil, it was a very unique situation, uh, the water crisis as a whole. And what the food bank realized right away was that the people of Flint knew the food bank and they trusted the food bank. And we had a partner agency network within the city itself of over 80 different organizations. And we were so familiar with moving product from our food bank to those partner agencies, it was a natural tie-in that we would step forward and move water from our food bank to those agencies, and those agencies in turn were the conduit to Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, the people of Flint. And it was that simple that we just put into our system, instead of food, it was water. Then it went from water to lead-mitigating foods and history has gone forward from there. Right. Well, I know that um, all the way back to the very first appropriation that Governor Snyder made in the state of the state right after the Flint water crisis was uh, acknowledged and recognized that we began to work together, your team, my team, and uh, and then that of the state legislature and the state um, um, departments about how do we meet the need. And I, I think that they found a partner in us that was a very pleasant surprise. You know, and I think you said something really key there in that uh, trust was something was a was a commodity that the food bank uh, had and and worked with. And it, it seemed like some of those folks who wanted to the help, they needed to borrow some of that trust, and they borrowed it from the food bank. Oh, I agree. And even even the partners, it's a step farther. It's it's the general population. You live in a neighborhood. Of course, you, you know and trust your neighbors. And our partners for the food bank are those neighbor groups. It's, it's the churches. You know, it, it, it's civic groups. And so it was a natural tie-in for Mrs. Smith, who 
is a little apprehensive to let someone into their home carrying water. She will trust her own neighbor, someone she sees at the grocery store, someone she sees at church. And, of course, then we knew those agencies, and it just was just the perfect fit. And it, and it was the it was the natural fit. I think that's the real key. It was a natural fit. Neighbors helping neighbors. You know, I'm going to add another layer to that idea, and that really is um, as the crisis unfolded, <clears throat> gleaners in in Southeast Michigan got calls, you know, pretty pretty regularly for a while from our corporate leaders and and individuals and people that volunteered, saying, "How can we help Flint?" And of course, everyone's instinct was cases of water. Send them cases of water, cases of water. Let's get more cases of water, right? And so we called you and we said, Bill, look, there's an awful lot of people with an awful lot of opinions about how the community needs help. And immediately you could tell us, you know what, Jerry, don't send water. <laughs> we, we, a lot of people are sending water. What we need are trucks and drivers. What we need are infrastructure things that, that are going to help us move the water that's coming in. Can you help with that? And it changed how we could help. It changed the effectiveness of our help because you knew what you needed and we could count on you. And that's part of what trust looks like. Mm. And so from our perspective, we were so grateful to have somebody in Flint that we could trust so we could tell people who wanted to help what's the right thing to do. Well, and, and Jerry, you have no idea how you and the other food banks around the, the state of Michigan, of course, fill the food bank council, how much that meant to the to not only the Flint Food Bank, but the city of Flint. And when you talk about trust, you know, you have to put in that fiduciary uh, responsibility in there. And I'm so proud of our food bank that year in and year out, we, we actually have 98% of every dollar that we raise goes into our mission. And that's a, that's a phenomenal number. But our community knew that. And I think the state of Michigan knew that. And so to entrust the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan with food, funds, uh, equipment. They had faith in us, and that faith was predicated on years of service to the community. And we, you know, I sometimes have to blow your own horn, but we, we are, and that's what really has taken us into the next level to help our community. That's part of that trust factor. They knew we would be good uh, stewards of the resources that were were loaned to us to help those in need. So here, here's a here's a question for you. So to the next community that has a crisis, how would you tell them this is how you're going to shortcut the process? This is how you're going to do it quicker and better? Well, I think, I think what happened in, in Flint, Michigan, is a good model to follow. Community leaders, nonprofit organizations, and community funders all came together into a room. In that room, we actually identified what people's strength was or what organization's strength was. In this case, the food bank strength was logistical movement. The Red Cross strength was to, to coordinate people in their disaster plan and how to coordinate those, those volunteers. The United Way acted as a fiduciary for outside funding. Now, the city and the state and many other people handled many, many other parts of this. But when it came to the nonprofit world, you had three very strong nonprofit organizations come together, immediately not duplicate what their strengths was, work side by side to create a solution. And that would be the roadmap I would think other communities would want to follow. 
I love that leadership principle, work in your strength, not in your weakness. And uh, your, your, your return on that investment is going to be the highest that it possibly could be. He's Bill Kerr. He is the CEO and the president for the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan. We're talking about how the Food Bank has led and served during a crisis. And it's become a bit of a model for all of uh, institutions and agencies, nonprofit and for-profit and government agencies alike, to study and see how uh, the agency can best perform during a crisis. Bill, um, talk to us a little bit about the food um, and the uh, uh, the lead mitigation foods that uh, were identified. I know Michigan State University had a big role in that. And um, Jeff Dwyer, the uh, director there at MSUE, uh, and how that has come together and where are we at? Uh, in fact, we may even have to hold you over for the next segment. But tell us a little bit about the, the, the food distributions for the lead mitigation. Well, you know, we, we had a strong history of, again, being into every community. So we put together with the help of the nutritionists, and, and certainly you have to step back and, and identify the state of Michigan for the funding base that they created. Over $2 million was put forth to the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan for lead mitigating foods to help address this lead problem within these children. We've distributed over 5 million pounds of food into the neighborhoods themselves, utilizing our mobile pantry system. And we would bring to each site, you know, the produce that had the lead mitigating quality, such as kale. We'd bring in the canned products, that, such as tuna, and, and we would provide these again, using our church network, to hand this out to the actual citizens of the city of Flint and to be able to distribute over 5 million pounds already in, into the community that quickly was, again, where we stayed in our lane when I say the food bank. We knew how to get the food. We knew how to get it to the people. We had the, the partners to distribute it to the individuals. And, of course, we coupled it with the great support of the Food Bank Council and the state of Michigan to gather those funds to make this a reality for the citizens of Flint. And, and believe it or not, Phil and Jerry, we, we just put every child in the city of Flint between kindergarten age and fifth grade now is receiving a backpack every Friday so that they can take that home. In addition to not only... Uh, two breakfasts, two lunch, two dinners, and snack for them. We have been able to provide oversized product, and I say that like a jar of peanut butter so mm. that maybe mom and dad or brother and sister also has some resources there. That's 5,000 children a week in the city of Flint alone are receiving this, and we put that together in just the last two weeks. Wow, that's great, Bill. He's Bill Kerr. He's the CEO and president for the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. Jerry Brisson is in the studio with me, and we're going to come back and continue this conversation about the food bank serving during a crisis like the Flint water crisis. Come back and be with us. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight on WJR. Welcome back, everyone. Jerry Brisson in the WJR studio. We have on the phone line with us William Kerr, CEO and president for the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan, who, uh, Bill, you've been there. You've got a pretty good tenure. And uh, I, I think that, you know, that helped when the crisis broke. It's not like you had to introduce yourself to anybody in Flint. No, it was, it, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's so ironic. We 
we just built a new food bank uh, about two and a half years ago. We put a $6 million building, capital campaign to build a building for the community. And I can tell you, if this building was not here, our community would not have been able to do some of the things we did. So things happen for the right reasons. President Obama visited our building. We've had Governor Snyder here. We've had so many meetings here. We've held over 200-plus meetings since the water crisis that we've been able to host our community so we could really know what our community's wants and needs were and also communicate back what we could do for the community, not only the food bank, but everyone who was trying to help in every manner that there was. That's awesome. I think it did. The new building really gave uh, an ability to give you the capacity to help meet the need, and it also gave a rallying place for the community to come to and discuss, as you said, the wants and the needs. Bill, tell us what's the current What's the current status of, of the food bank and uh, within the context of the water crisis, and what do you see next? Well, right now we're we're still con- con- delivering water to throughout the city of, throughout the city of Flint. Our lead mitigating food distributions are still going strong every week. We, as I mentioned the last segment, we just put into play into the backpack program uh, for the city of Flint. Uh, every child in the city of Flint will be receiving that through the end of the school year. And we did that in conjunction with uh, MDE, the Michigan Department of Education. Then you take that a step farther. This summer, we will be distributing nutrition bags as well as summer food. We uh, hope to have over 80,000 meals in that six-week ser- six week period served throughout the city of Flint. So it's just going on and on. In the future, uh, we will be involved in keeping the the filters and the filter cartridges stocked and available from the food bank throughout the state distribution points so that we can have the city maintain that filter and cartridge system until the pipes are replaced and we can drink the water straight from the tap again. Hey, you know, uh, I, I there's so many great things that once you have an expertise, it, it just extends to so many other things that you could do. Um, just remind people, if you would, what is your service territory for the Flint Food Bank? That's I know we're talking point. about the, the water crisis and it's very focused, but just remind us how, how many counties you serve and, and how big it's territory that is. Well, we're actually the food bank of eastern Michigan, and we service the 22 counties on the east side of the state of Michigan. Basically, down from Jerry, your your home area, the, the Wayne Oklahoma counties are not our services, but everything north and east of that, all the way up to the bridge. Uh, and we distribute about 28 million pounds of food a year. In addition to last year, we put out 27 million pounds of water. So our food bank basically doubled its distribution model last year uh, because of the water crisis. So over 50, over 53 million pounds was put out uh, of product through our food bank last year. You know, you could say 53 million pounds of product, and there are folks like me who have no idea what that means, but I can tell you I'm impressed to no end. (laughs) I can't imagine 53 million pounds of anything, and that being distributed over the road in, and, and not only just in Flint, but obviously through the, 20, the other 21 counties that you serve through the Thumb and up, through the, up to the bridge. I get asked a lot. People will say to me, and it's a wonderful question, I, say, I saw your truck the other day. Well, 
you, you want to be able to say, to put it in perspective, we have over 29 vehicles on the road in eastern Michigan alone. So I'm very happy people keep seeing our truck. That means we're, we're doing what our mission is, and that's getting food and water into the hands of not only the city of Flint, but in Sheboygan, in Port Huron, in Tawas, all through the east side of the state. Well, and of course, when we talk about the Food Bank Council reaching every county in the whole state and finding a way to to get the right amount of food to the to the people in all those counties. I mean, you're you're carrying an awful lot of that load. So you know, we're so grateful for that and and the expertise. And I mean, the 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 water crisis is a specific example of how that expertise can really matter in a time of crisis um, and leading in a time of change and all that. But we're certainly counting on you as these things continue to develop in the state. Uh, your leadership and 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 trusting you to to bring that knowledge right back to the Food Bank Council so we can all get better. Well, Jerry, thank you. Coming from the person who runs the largest food bank in the state of Michigan, I will take that as a huge compliment. And we, we, have, to, we have to look at our, our other food banks in the state, and I really believe any of our members would have, could have stood up and did the same in their community. And we all have different models of operation, but we all have the same mission, and that's what's so important. And I think that's why the state has has so invested into food banks, because when you look at the structure of food bank, not just in Flint, but Detroit, Battle Creek, Grand Rapids, we can do something that no one else can. We serve every person that lives within the, the state of Michigan. doesn't matter of your race, religion, food banks service you. And then more importantly, we service at the most cost-effective number there is. And that's why I'm, I'm not only proud of our, the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan, but the Food Bank Council and every food bank in Michigan. And I think that's why the community in Flint, Detroit, Grand Rapids all support their food banks so well. We're, we're very fortunate to have great leadership. Well, Bill, I have to say that ever since the crisis broke, you've had a focus and a, a attention to detail, and and that part of that focus has been you, you've been about fixing the problem, not fixing the blame, and I think that's where leaders and a crisis really stand out. We we can determine responsibility at some other point in time, and and that and that's been going on now for the past few months, and uh, through the AG's office and uh, and other, but you've stayed focused on fixing the problem not getting drugged down into the discussion and conversation about fixing the blame. You've been there to serve your people. Well, I think that's been, I think that's been our community, Phil. I really do. Um, Jim Ananek, uh, Sheldon Neely, these, these are just two examples of, of our local representation in Lansing, and they have stayed so focused. Uh, you know, Dan Kildee uh, on, a, on a national level. We have, again, just the Flint community it, it has some great leadership. And then I think that's a that's a real reflection of the people. Uh, they've they've chosen wisely. So I, I'm gonna because because it's it, it's easy to forget uh, how long you've been doing this work. So what what year did you start, and how much did you distribute <laughs> that year? Well, Jerry, now you're aging myself, but I, I actually started in 1994 uh, here at the the food bank, and we were then called the Genesee Food Bank. Uh, we distributed about two million pounds or less of food, and Jeez. and had about six employees, and and through a lot of uh, strong relationships, uh, good mentoring, and uh, a lot of community support, our food bank now, uh, 23 years later, uh, distributes well 50. 53 million pounds plus last year, and we employ uh, over 80, 80 plus people when we do our programs. We've got a staff of about 120 plus people now. Now, 
could you have imagined then that you'd be here now? No, I uh, I would I tell the story actually twenty three years ago. I was from Flint, so I'm a hometown boy who was looking for a job uh, and found a job that became a mission, and then it became a passion. So I think I I can honestly I'm one of the very blessed people who who love what they do, love love who they do it with, and who they do it for. So it's a uh, it's kind of everybody lucks into the jobs meant for them. I think I I certainly lucked into the job that was meant for me. Well, uh, we lucked into you. I think that's that's a an equal part of that truth. So I'm one more follow up. One of the things that we say on this show is we believe this is a problem that can be solved. And the, the, your experience from 1994 to today is part of the reason that we believe it. Even though we can't imagine the whole answer today, we do believe that we can tackle this thing one piece at a time, understand what the problems are that need to be solved, and just take them on. Bing, bing, bing. And so your experience, not only in the growth, but in managing the Flint water crisis, in learning on the job, in taking taking that learning and making us all better, that's what encourages us to believe this thing can be fixed. Well, I couldn't agree more. I, I think I think we can fix hunger. I think we are showing every day uh, a new page in the book how to not only address hunger, but how to work to alleviate hunger. He's Bill Kerr. He's the CEO and president for the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan. You can find them at fbem.org, fbem.org. That's foodbankofeasternmichigan.org. He's Bill Kerr. Thanks so much for being on Food for Thought, Bill. And most of all, thanks for your leadership during this time of crisis. Well, thanks for inviting me, and it was great talking to both of you. Thanks, Bill. Jerry and I will be right back in just a moment for more on Food for Thought. You're listening to Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight, sponsored by the Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state. I have uh, Senator Jim Ananick with us on the phone. And, Senator, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Hey, so let's just uh, dive right in here. Uh, Just last week, you were a a sponsor for a resolution number 23 that uh, declared... uh, March 21st as Hunger Solutions Day across the state of Michigan. And I know this is a mission that is close to your heart, Senator. No question about it. Um, You know, obviously we have uh, a lot of folks in the state uh, that are hunger uh, insecure and uh, and in many cases homeless and hungry. And uh, we're doing some, there's a lot of folks, and you know, some of the folks you've interviewed, some of the folks with you right now are doing great work, uh, but we still have more work to do. And we just, part of it's just making sure people, you know, we have awareness and and that people understand that, um, you know, uh, as much as we may feel that uh, we're doing well, and, and many people are, and that's great, there's plenty of other people out there that are still sort of struggling, and we got to do what we can, you know, as, you know, in my, in, from my perspective as Christians, because I'm a Christian, or as human beings, as Americans, to help make sure all of our brothers and sisters, you know, uh, can, go to, can go to bed and not be hungry. Right. Exactly. Well, you know, you're a hunger champion. We know that. The Food Bank of uh, Council of Michigan has a... Uh, uh, talked to you about that, uh, shared with you uh, that that award, and uh, it was easy to do. Well, and, thank you. And one of the things that, you know, from my background and working in uh, legislatures, politics at the federal level and also at the state level, I, I've said this about you privately and publicly, so let me say it to you with here on the air. 
And that is, I know a lot of legislators, uh, both at the federal level and at the state level in several states. I've worked on their campaigns, been a part of their, uh, you know, policy development staffs and all of that thing, done consulting work. I've met few legislators that I know would be with me in a foxhole. But Jim Ananick is a guy who will be with you in the foxhole. He stands in the gap for his people. And I mean that as the best, most uh, sincere compliment that I can give to you, Senator. Well, I can tell you that is uh, one of the best comments I ever got. I really appreciate that. I uh, I feel the same way about you. I would uh, uh, you, you could leave me anywhere and I'd follow you, and, and especially on these issues because uh, the, the work that you know that you do at the food bank counts all across the state. Uh, gleaners that we are, we are talking with, we're talking with now, and, and and my food bank, Bill Kerr, and the work they do. Uh, it's really it really does have an amazing impact. And one of the things that so so great about working with those folks, and I'm just a, you know, I'm, I'm a cog in the wheel. I just try to help the best I can, uh, make sure that folks like you and others can do the work you do. Is uh, it's, it's the amount uh, of gratification, right? Even instant gratification because you can see that family get the help they need, and long term because we're actually helping them, uh, you know, turn around a, a bad situation and help make it a better. Uh, it's rewarding work, and I would encourage uh, all of my colleagues to join in with it. Many are. I mean, the good thing is it's not, it's not really a partisan issue. There's a lot of people all across the state and, uh, that are working on it. Well, uh, it was, we still have more work to do, though, so we'll just keep, keep plugging along. That's it. It was quite an honor to be on the Senate floor um, and, and to have the resolution read by Senator McGregor, uh, but I don't think uh, two seconds went by at, at the end of that resolution before you got up and, and gave Phil a genuine hug and a congratulations, and I think it certainly was obvious um, that uh, that this is a bipartisan issue that people feel strongly about. Um, I, I, I do want to call some quick attention, though, to... Um, the, the your comment about being a cog in the wheel, uh, I don't think that that quite gives enough credit to the leadership it takes to really do your job. Uh, and and there's a lot of issues coming your way all the time, and often they're very fast, and decisions have to be made, and they have to be well made. And uh, and the amount of work it really takes to do that, especially when something like the Flint water crisis happens. I mean, you 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 stood in there in a pretty chaotic situation and helped guide people. Toward this is what we really need to get this done, and and I don't think people appreciate enough how difficult that job is and how many hours it takes to do it. Well, you know, it, well, I appreciate you saying that. I, I um, you know, I'm just uh, uh, it, it does mean a lot. I mean, it's been it's been a lot of work that we've been uh, dealing with over the last year and a half, and even before the water crisis became public, many of us on the ground were. We're doing a lot of work uh, before it became, you know, sort of obviously now internationally known crisis. And, you know, every single expert I talked to, uh, whether it was Dr. Mona locally or otherwise, said, you know, we've got to make sure that, that kids in particular, folks with compromised immune system, elderly, but everyone really get access to healthy, uh, fresh foods uh, and, and then access to uh, and then have a distribution model to do it. And there was no better place. Uh, it's one of those things where we, I thank God, uh, I literally thank God for the, the food bank uh, in, East, in, 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 in my community, but you guys all work so well together and that there's so much cooperation uh, that it's, it's, it's one of those things where no matter what happens, if someone says, we have this new program, who do you think should house it? I almost inevitably say the food bank because I know that you guys, you guys are, <laughs> I don't know how you do it, but you guys are amazing at finding a little bit of resources and stretching them to a place where, uh, it helps so many people. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things about Flint where we knew nutrition, uh, and obviously getting people fresh water, whether it was a bottle or, you know, filtered or whatever we had to do, 
uh, was job number one. And, and mm-hmm. uh, now we have a pretty good method to make sure that happens. And, you know, obviously it never should happen in the first place, but since it did, it was amazing to see how people came together from all across, all across the state, all across the country. And obviously community people at Flint came together. And, uh, and it, it, is, it is one of those times where obviously this never should have happened. It's a terrible tragedy, but you do see the goodness of people. Uh, for folks that sometimes forget about that and only see the negativity, uh, we saw a lot of really caring people come forward, and, and at least, and in many different ways, helped Flint, and that was uh, really humbling. You know, uh, it's one thing to solve a problem; it's another thing for it to stay solved, right? So, sure. so as we as we continue to to look at this, and 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 you've mentioned it, you know, it's something that should never have happened. Uh, you know, what would your advice be to other communities that maybe think they could have a similar problem, or or maybe feel like, gosh, what what do we do in in, in the face of a potential crisis like this? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I have talked to some folks about this because you know we we kind of. We we stepped into a whirlwind, and I'd like to make sure this never happens to anybody else ever again, if that's possible. One, um, you know, uh, you know, I don't I don't want people to be paranoid because they shouldn't be, but they need to be they need to be a little bit more uh, engaged in the quality of their water. Hmm. Uh, meaning they should they should they should uh, a lot of folks that are listening, a lot of folks across our state and across our country probably have never had their water tested. They should do that, and they should make sure that they do it. Not, not You don't need to do it all the time, but you need to do it regularly enough to make sure that you, you get a sense of the quality of the water in your community. Uh, filtered water is not a bad idea no matter what, right? And we were doing that, Flint. Uh, you know, I think that's not, a bad, that's not a bad idea no matter what you do because these, these systems are old. Uh, right. And then at, at, the, you know, at the sort of leadership level, you know, whether it's local or state, we have to make sure we, we enact policies uh, that can trigger these much quicker. I mean, there, there were so many mistakes made along the way and so much information that wasn't shared. But even the structure of the lead and copper rule, which is sort of what governs the quality of your water, uh, there's so many gaps in it that we need to make sure that Michigan has uh, a system in place that, that protects people. And I think that's one thing. They, one thing they can do is call their legislators and senators and, and representatives and say, you know, pass a Michigan Safe Drinking Water Act that protects people so that we can start to invest. And, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing flare-ups in schools, daycare centers, uh, in communities all across, the, all across the country and parts of the state. Um, like I said, I don't want people to be paranoid because I don't think you have to you know, go to bed every night with stress and all sorts of issues, you know, worried that something's going to happen. But there are, pro- there are proactive things you can do to make sure you, you, you protect yourself, and that's, you know, getting filtered, getting a filter for your primary drinking source and, um, uh, and, and, and having your water tested. Uh, just so you have information. I think that's important for people to do. Uh, if, we, if you learned anything from Flint is, you know, uh, don't trust necessarily exactly what people are telling you. Check it out yourself uh, and, and then get, and make some precautions. He's Senator uh, Jim Anandick. He's a Senate uh, Democratic leader here in the state of Michigan. And, uh, Senator, I'm going to ask you to hang around with if you have time and uh, let's sure. push this over to the next segment. And uh, we're talking about uh, Senator Anandick's leadership standing in the gap for the people of Flint during the Flint water crisis, and we want to get a current update from you and where we stand. You're listening to Food for Thought here on WJR. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. And now a Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan moment. It's great to have Natalie Pennington on the phone with us today. Natalie is from Macosta County, and she is the recipient of the Young Agriculture Leader Award from 2017. And Natalie, welcome to the Farm Bureau Moment. Well, thank you. I understand that you and your husband uh, own and operate Hardy Harvest Farm, and you guys are um, 
very involved in your community and also uh, donating uh, food uh, to those in need in your area. Yeah, we try to um, donate anything that we have extra off the farm and, and help the local community. That's awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about the Young Agricultural Leader Award because, you know, we understand that's a very prestigious award within the Farm Bureau community, and uh, it really looks at, at the folks who uh, demonstrate outstanding leadership at both in agriculture and in their local community. So I think it's quite an honor for you to receive that. I feel very honored to um, be given such a uh, prestigious award. It it's kind of um, makes it feel good to to have be recognized for uh, what you're trying to do for the community and for the people around you. Well, and the award itself is um, something that, that they select from individuals that they interview and they um, kind of look at what, you're, what you've been doing uh, in not only the farm life, but also in the community and um, out in the, in the public area, too, and seeing how you're developing leaders and how you're um, also promoting agriculture and um, bringing people onto the, to seeing what your farm is like. Right. Well, we, we, we experience that with everyone that we talk to from Farm Bureau. We, we know that it's a company with a conscience, and they definitely care about the communities where they live and work. And I also think that um, a lot of people don't realize how tied we are with the environment and, and kind of environmental stewardship and, and raising our produce and making healthy food for just everyone, anyone that we can grow for. That's the goal is to feed the world. Exactly. Well, we understand that uh, solving hunger at the Food Bank Council of Michigan starts in the field, and we thank you and your husband and your family for investing your one handful of life, both in leadership and in farming, for the rest of us. Well, thank you. She's Natalie Pennington. She is from Acosta County, and she is the 2017 winner recipient of the Young Agricultural Leader Award. Natalie, thanks for being on the Farm Bureau Moment. Well, thanks for having me. Dr. Phil Knight here, Jerry Brisson. Senator Jim Ananick is on the phone with us. Uh, Senators, thanks for staying with us. I want to quickly read uh, your uh, statement from the World Water Day. And uh, just briefly, it says that uh, I wish residents in my city could join the rest of the country to celebrate by drinking water straight from their taps, but we still wait. And we won't stop fighting until our most basic human need and the world's most precious resource is given the protection it deserves for the people of Flint. So, where are we at in Flint? How are we, uh, what, what's the status for today? Well, we did have a really, uh, I would say it's a pretty big victory uh, for the residents of Flint. A settlement was reached between the state and the local government and uh, a group of uh, litigants. Uh, there was a concerned pastors and some citizens and some other groups that uh, reached a settlement that I think will be very, very helpful for the residents of Flint. Because I think it's important to note, you, you mentioned it, and we talked about it before the break. <clears throat> I mean, the Flint, citizens of Flint still don't have, they still can't reasonably turn on their faucet and feel that their water coming out of their out of their tap safe. So, when it, well, as we said before, you have to have a solution that stays solved. Right. So we we got to get to that place where we have the long term solution that can stay uh, as a solution uh, going forward and, and stay a, stay a solved problem. So, part of that settlement was that the state uh, has to provide the resources to fix the pipes in Flint, and primarily for folks that are uh, may not be as aware, it, it's it's lead piping and then galvanized steel pipe. And usually the issue with galvanized steel is the solders or the, the joints have lead in them. So those need to be replaced. They need to, they're going to do about 6000 a year. 
and be wow. done within three years, and it's enforceable by the courts. That's the beneficial that's the benefit part. We, we right. had that plan in place, and we thought we had the resources for it, but if it doesn't get done, the court can mandate that it gets done, and that's really important because we need to get to a place where we no longer refer to it as a Flint water crisis, and it's the Flint water solution, and we're still not there, but uh, we've taken some big steps in the last couple of days. I love that. I love that, the Flint water solution. Let's let's get there. You're standing in the gap for the folks of Flint. You have been from the beginning of this, and uh, we thank you for your leadership, and we thank you for your compassion for the folks who are struggling. There is a disconnect. We'd love to have you back to talk about that disconnect between uh, employment and food security and what it used to be like and what it is today. I know this is a, uh, uh, a, a cause and a mission that's close to your heart. So let me give you the last word for uh, the show today. Well, I, again, just, I just want to thank you for the work you guys both do and, and, and Bill was on earlier uh, and uh, for having the opportunity to let me come talk about these issues. Uh, it is a passion of mine. It's a passion that I had sort of before I got to the legislature, but, you know, uh, when you sort of see the need up close, uh, and personal uh, and water crisis helped amplify that. I was, you know, an advocate before then, but uh, it really became a personal issue because I live in Flint with my family and I see my constituents suffering. Uh, and I'm realizing that this is not a Flint problem. This is a problem all across our state and all across mm. our country, but it's a problem we can solve. Yeah. And the work you guys are doing uh, is great work, and we just got to keep uh, keep advocating for the people we care about. And that's what we, I guess, the, all of us do every day, and we just got to keep, uh, keep have, have, encouraging folks to join us. And it's an honor to work with you, Senator. We really appreciate you. Well, the honor's mine. Thank you. He's State Senator Jim Ananick. He's a friend of those in need. He's a friend of the Food Bank Council. Senator, thanks for being with us here on Food for Thought. Oh, thanks for having me. One of the great things you learn from great leaders is the ability that they have to focus on things that really matter during a crisis. Bill Kerr and Jim Ananick, the Senate Minority Leader, both focus on fixing the problem before fixing the blame. While we don't want to absolve people who are responsible, they saw the people in need as the priority. And you can see it from their efforts, from their tone, from their language, from their actions, but especially from their attitudes, that people mattered in a time of crisis more than anything else. I appreciate Senator Jim Ananick and Bill Kerr, leaders in a time of crisis. Thanks for listening to Food for Thought. We'll be back next week. Food for Thought has been a presentation of Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state.